Hello and welcome to Resolutions, a podcast about dispute resolution and prevention. For those of you tuning in for the first time, this podcast is a project by the ABA section of Dispute Resolution to increase the avenues where we can connect. One of three hosts serves as interlocutor, engaging in conversations with members of the dispute resolution community about topics of interest in the field. My name is Reka Rangachari, and I'm one of your co-hosts. I'm the executive director of the New York International Arbitration Center, or NIAC, and serve on the education committee of the section, as well as past co-chair of the Young Professionals Committee. Today, I have the pleasure to sit down with the section's newly installed education committee co-chairs, Linda Gerstel and Aaron Gottel. Linda is adjunct professor of law at Fordham Law School, who also serves as a full-time independent arbitrator and mediator. She previously donned the hat of a commercial litigator at Anderson Kill. Linda also stays active in ADR extracurriculars as chair of the Women in Dispute Resolution wider a founding member of the ADR Inclusion Network, and a trainer for Arbitral Women's Diversity Toolkit. Erin is Vice President of the San Francisco Office of the AAA ICDR's Commercial Division, overseeing matters in California, Oregon, Washington, and Alaska. He serves as the National Chair of the AAA's Entertainment Dispute Resolution Advisory Council and the Western U.S. Chair for AAA's Healthcare Dispute Resolution Advisory Council. Prior to joining the AAA ICDR, Aaron was a Northern California Regional Director for Adjudicate West, a leading provider of mediation and arbitration services. Aaron, like Linda, stays quite active in the ADR space as co-chair of the Bar Association of San Francisco's Barristers Club Social Events and Networking Committee and member of the advisory board for the USC Gold School of Law Institute on Entertainment Law and Business. Indeed, we would be here all day if I listed out each of their credentialing, so please do visit their uh, bios as well as their LinkedIn profiles and um, message them there. With that, if you would indulge me. We'll kick it off first to Erin. How did you get involved with the ABA section of dispute resolution? Uh, well, I, um, you know, I've, I've been involved with the ABA for, for a number of years, just as a member. And uh, I finally decided it's, it's time to start getting involved uh, more with the individual sections. Um, as you mentioned, I was at a, a, a local provider here in California previously uh, that really had more of a focus on uh, mediation arbitration within the state of California and didn't really have uh, a national presence uh, like the AAA uh, has. So uh, I wasn't as involved with the ABA or uh, ABA events uh, in my previous, uh, with my previous employers. So I wanted to um, get more involved this year. And I know Jeff Zeno um, and Rebecca Storo were very involved. And uh, I reached out to Linda Seeley and said, how can I help you guys? <laughs> <laughs> and that's how it can all begin. So those tuning in, if you're wondering how to get connected, not only obviously can you contact Aaron or Linda, you can send an email to Linda Seeley. Okay, Linda, you're up. How did you get involved with the ABA section of DR originally? Right. So I've been practicing law for um, a number of years, probably over 20, between 25 and 30. And I was always a dues paying member of the ABA, but not very active at all. Um, in fact, I perhaps, uh, you know, wasn't doing a whole lot more than paying my invoice and occasionally reading articles that came across my uh, desk. 
Uh, and then as I, you know, pivoted more to being a neutral full time uh, and less of a litigator, uh, I, I decided to join Women in Dispute Resolution and came to the DR section, or at least it came to being an active member of the DR section in that roundabout way. I enjoyed Women in Dispute Resolution, became the you know, regional chair in New York. And then when it came time to put together a um, proposal for the Minneapolis conference not so long ago, I did one on diversity and I got Reka involved and I got Jeff involved, Jeff Zeno, and we put together a diversity program and I really liked meeting a lot of the DR professionals there. Um, so that brought me in to be more of an active member than I ever was. Thanks so much, Linda. Well, you know what, uh, in full disclosure, Jeff Zeno was mentioned both by Aaron and by Linda as somebody who brought them that either they brought further into the DR section or he helped them do it. He's just walked in. And so um, as a special guest on the podcast, Jack, would you like to give a warm hello to our section members? Hello, everyone. How's it going? Hey, Jeff. It's nice, to be, it's nice to be back in the office. Uh, I was here yesterday and I'm here today. Mm -hmm. um, well, Jeff also heads up marketing. So I think we are combining courses with marketing and the education team. Okay. okay. Um, so with that, I'm going to go to Linda now. Um, obviously you and Aaron are starting out your term. There's a lot to do. Um, what is your outlook for educational programming this year? How does it look different or the same as compared to past years? Um, and you know, what are we doing in the new normal? Mm -hmm. Well, first I have to say that I'm excited to work with Aaron. And I think both of us working together from the East and West Coast is gonna make this uh, really exciting and, and offer a way for people uh, to connect with either one of us, depending on what coast they may be closer to, or even in this Zoom world, virtual world, maybe you don't have to care about where you're located. Um, so Aaron, I am excited to do this with you, and I think two heads always better than one. But I see the educational programming for the DR section is being driven a lot by the environment where we're finding ourselves. Uh, how COVID has impacted ADR and how we're going to continue to uh, work with uh, the environment we're faced with, because we're not sure how, how long we'll be here. Um, this not only impacts the way ADR is delivered uh, now remotely, but the kinds of cases that we're gonna be seeing more frequently for the next year and a half. Um, we're seeing a lot of uh, employment cases and insurance cases, and certainly a lot of cases that bring up a force majeure uh, issue. Um, we're also seeing a lot of people who wanna um, spend more time with programming. Maybe they have a little bit more free time uh, since they're not commuting to the office anymore. Uh, so we're gonna, work with that and probably see a lot more programming than you have in the past. Um, we're going to predict right now that there's going to be a greater need for mediation and an acceptance of arbitration because right now the courts are going to be in more of a backlog than, they, than they've ever been. First, because litigation has been on you know ice for the most part for a number of months and and then on top of that all the filing of covid related cases is certainly going to make it difficult to get a speedy resolution in court um, so i think people are going to embrace adr in the way they haven't before uh, but if we broke up sort of the um areas where i think we're going to be focusing in on i think one big piece we're going to do this year is collaboration because it makes a lot of sense and 
with regard to that, I see it as collaborations with other ABA sections, uh, collaborations with ADR institutions uh, like the AAA, like NIAC, and I think that will make our programming, um, you know, a lot more, uh, a lot more fulsome. The ability to reach more audiences. So I think I'm excited to really focus on how we can collaborate more with different institutions. Um, in connection with collaboration, I think um, with NIAC, that will be a real entree for interna international issues to come up. Uh, I think the ABA members have requested that. They want to see the ABA um, speak or have a lot of more panels in, in connection with international arbitration. And then I, I think what we're looking at is another uh, bucket, so to speak, of uh, somewhat of a kitchen sink looking at how we can experiment with this new world and these new tools um, that we're living with. Uh, Zoom has a lot of great features that we didn't have beforehand. The polling feature, I think, and the, and the breakout room feature are exciting and they offer the opportunity to make these programs a lot more interactive. Um, so I'm looking forward to doing that. Um, and I think the, the last piece I'm looking forward to is sort of some new skills within the ADR spectrum. We can talk more about it later, but I think there's a greater need nowadays for the art of facilitation. And I've been excited about that because I've been teaching a class in lawyers as facilitators at Fordham. And I think there's a real need both for law students to to gain those skills and for ADR professionals to pivot and uh, widen their uh, skills on the ADR spectrum. Um, but but don't fear because I think there's a lot of programming that you're going to see that uh, you know we happened last year. Anna did a great job both with the Texas Expo that's happening right now and also with regard to these hot topics that you know quickly um, are brought on because of the issues that uh, you know are surrounding us and uh, she did a great job so we're going to continue with a lot of hot topics and we already have some uh, in mind uh, but we're also going to do what, what the ABA DR section typically does which is respond to members and figure out what the members want so last year we already have notes about what people want to see people want to see some very basic practical sessions like writing arbitral awards and Aaron and I already have that planned and, and um, so you'll see a lot of practical uh, panels this year. That's great. Erin, we're gonna shift it to you. Same sort of idea. Curious also to hear, obviously you're at an arbitral institution. You're sort of in the hot seat of seeing trends in general and how you can weave that in to, to sharing with the members. So please share with us what your inspiration is for the coming year. Well, I um, uh, so I, I guess I, I kind of um, ha have a little bit of a head start. Uh, when I um, joined the organization, uh, we had had uh, an ongoing, uh, we call it West Coast Commercial Panelists uh, Brown Bag Speaker Series, where to try to create uh, a sense of community with our West Coast AAA panelists, uh, I would have uh, once a month, uh, a couple of panelists uh, do a presentation on an interesting topic uh, related to arbitration uh, for you know uh, the, the entire group, and we'd have people uh, call in. Now we're using Zoom, uh, basically uh, from California all the way to Alaska, and uh, you know, panelists would learn 
uh, skills from other panelists. And uh, the, you know, some of the programs that Linda mentioned uh, that we're going to be um, producing for the ABA, uh, everything from uh, 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 how to hold an uh, effective final status conference call to uh, best practices for writing reasoned awards, um, how to work with a tripartite arbitration panel. These are all um, programs that uh, I've actually had a, a test run on and already have the speakers lined up for and uh, know that they were uh, well received and uh, very informative to the, um, uh, to the folks that uh, were listening. Also, uh, Linda uh, Psili uh, kind of told me that uh, in previous years, the DR section has been kind of heavy on the mediation uh, side of things and a little bit light on arbitration. Um, I, I guess more DR section members are mediators and arbitrators, although a lot of people do both. Um, and I wanted to uh, kind of add a little bit more arbitration programming, if you will, to the mix. That's great. Um, thank you. So I wanted um, to focus in now on this notion of collaborative programming. Linda had mentioned it. You know, Aaron, I think it blends naturally with what you're talking about as well. We're in an area of, we're at a time really of information overload. And so collaboration becomes key. And so how, how do you see that fitting in um, to what you all are planning for the future? Um, and as we collaborate, you know, how can we greater engage groups like the young professionals um, and others that you see as key constituents, key stakeholders in this practice? Well, I can, I can say as, um, I, I don't know if I'm still considered a young professional. I might, might be out of that range, but um, I'm, I'm technically in my, still in my first 10 years of practice. And I do a lot of work with the San Francisco Bar Association's Barristers Committee, which are uh, fellow uh, practitioners in their first 10 years of practice. And, you know, if I, if I walked into a room of young attorneys and uh, or even law students and said, how many of you are interested in mediation as a career, for example, just about every single hand would be raised. Um, I think uh, younger practitioners are very interested uh, in ADR. And, uh, you know, even though ADR is still kind of, you know, a, a developing field, it's now been around for, you know, 25, 30 years, at least the mediation side of it. And arbitration has been around much longer than that. But really only the last couple of decades has mediation now become commonplace uh, as almost a requirement uh, for most disputes. I mean, basically anything involving an insurance claim, for example, at some point the carrier is probably going to want to sit down with uh, uh, the claimant or the plaintiff and try to uh, talk out uh, the dispute to avoid going to trial. So I think... Uh, younger practitioners are, are, are interested in, in, in ADR, and a lot of them are now getting the training um, in law school. I mean, uh, Linda's a professor um, that teaches these topics, and uh, just a couple decades ago, uh, law school was more about, you know, the regular uh, black letter law and a lot of theory and things like that, but, um, you know, some people might criticize a lot of practical things that you have to know as a practicing attorney weren't as focused uh, in law school uh, in years past, but uh, I think that's changing. 
Great, thank you. So Linda, we're gonna stick with you on collaboration, but also shift a little bit to this idea of facilitation, which you mentioned, right? We're really in an intriguing time. Um, one where resilience is top of mind. We have economic distress, racial injustice, violence, other realities. And so how do you see, in addition to collaboration, facilitation being a means to enable members to learn techniques, to understand what's happening in the current space, um, and, and to move forward with ODR and ADR? Mm -hmm. So stay tuned, because I think I just wrote a draft piece for just resolutions on exactly this issue, why facilitation has to be a bigger um, tool uh, to be used both by ADR professionals and why law schools really need to start focusing in on the skill. Um, so I, I think it's, it's a tool all ADR professionals have and, and, and the adjective of facilitation, or I, uh, I should say often it's just been thought of as an adjective when people think about where on the spectrum you are. Are you a facilitative mediator or are you evaluative? And I think that's where people have heard the word. It's, it's simply to make things easier. And um, so, but there's, it really um, has a special place when you're talking about multi-party negotiations. Um, and that's a skill that's a little bit different than just dealing with two parties or either you know, before litigation or maybe in the middle of litigation and thinking about mediation or either in arbitration. So there are a different set of skills when you're talking about multiple parties. And we see it uh, in terms of a need to develop those skills to deal with issues on the streets, to deal with boardrooms in companies, in universities, I mean, the, the possibilities are endless. Um, just at the moment, how universities are thinking about how they'll manage COVID. Have they brought in the right stakeholders, including even students, to determine what the uh, proper uh, precautions would be? Um, the answer is most haven't thought about the right stakeholders to bring in the room. Um, and this is like you, you pick up the newspaper every day and you could think about how um, a decision should have gone down a lot more easily if it only had the skills of a neutral professional to help them. I mean, I think the, the most recent one, at least in our part of the woods, uh, was when Amazon tried to come into New York and Queens and they thought they had to deal with the uh, governor and the mayor, but they forgot to consult with the biggest stakeholders, which the, the neighborhood of where they were, you know, going to be uh, staking out. And th their only thought was, okay, we're going to give new jobs to people. How could they not be happy? And it was a mess. <laughs> um, people want to be heard and they want to be heard before an event takes place. Um, and there's a lot of planning that goes into how you bring groups together and how you set agendas and how you break groups up and, uh, the skill goes back as far as, uh, you know, the creation of our constitution, and I'm not sure why we haven't used it enough, uh, but right now, uh, you know, our times are begging for those skills to be developed. So it sounds like there's a consciousness you're both building in, you know, necessarily so to your leadership. And so the big question, um, the burning question, why take on this in addition to everything else? What why this role? Why jointly? Erin, um, we'll go back to you. Well, yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I'm passionate about helping people solve problems. Um, I think uh, ADR is, is, is 
is a wonderful way for people to avoid litigation and to uh, gain a result that hopefully uh, both parties are, are satisfied with. Um, and I, I, any way that I can contribute to that um, is something that, that I'm interested in, in doing. I just wanna say, um, just along some of the stuff that Linda was speaking about as far as collaboration goes, another thing that I think Linda and I would like to do uh, this year is maybe better cross collaboration with other ABA sections. So I'll give you an example, uh, a plug for a, a program on uh, commotions claims that uh, uh, Jeff, Linda, myself, Charles Plato, and Brian McDonald uh, from Jones Day are doing uh, a little bit later in the month. Uh, this is uh, uh, related to the uh, New York State Insurance uh, uh, program that uh, is collaborating with AAA on mediating uh, disputes related to uh, damage caused um, by uh, recent um, commotions and uh, uh, from protests and whatnot. And for example, the insurance section, right, would be uh, a great uh, ABA section to kind of partner with on something like this, because basically it's going to be mediating uh, claims between uh, policyholders and carriers. So that's an example. Um, you mentioned kind of in the in the the bio you, you read about me uh, that I chair our um, entertainment practice here at, at AAA. I know the ABA uh, sports and entertainment um, section is, is very active and I'd like to um, work more with them. So just, I, I'd love to see uh, better collaboration with other ABA sections and hopefully Linda and I can um, make some headway making that happen. You know, we so often end up talking in our own silos and I think that that's a really important point to underscore to our listeners, that where you have an opportunity to collaborate across sections, you have an idea, you have a contact, you have a colleague, reach out um, to be at the education co-chairs, Linda and Aaron, or even the podcast team, you could reach out to me because we're trying to figure out pathways and you know, Aaron and Linda are doing just a really fantastic job about trying to figure it out. But the truth is, all of those who are listening in, you all help feed the conversations that need to be happening. Linda, now your turn. Why this role? Why now? So I think um, the idea of building community is really important to me. And I think ADR professionals can live a very lonely life, especially in cases where they're not on panels. Um, it could be you know, it could be lonely. So I think the importance of building community is really important. And I wanted to uh, both have that for myself and I wanted to do that within the context of the section. And I also think that I really, again, uh, just to hit home on, on Aaron's discussion about collaboration, I really need the focus, the focus needs to be there. I mean, ADR professionals uh, don't just wanna speak to one another. They wanna speak to the people who might pick them. Uh, so the idea of exactly that, bringing in either the insurance section or the litigation section, some of the panels we're having, is going to be great on a business front for these, for, you know, for the ADR professionals, and it will just be great in building uh, community. Uh, and and the other reason I took it on, um, I, I remember when I had the uh, discussion with Myra Selby, the 
the new, you know, new leader of our section, uh, I wanted to make sure I was going to have a great team behind me because exactly that everybody's busy and nobody can be a no, you know, one man or one woman show. So we've got a great team uh, behind us to make it all happen. Uh, Myra is a former judge and she'll add a very important perspective uh, to uh, the DR section. Aaron being from an institution adds his own view. Uh, and I think I come to it both with my ADR hat, but also as being um, you know, a professor uh, to students. And by the way, when we speak about the younger crowd, the ABA has made um, fees, um, you know, ha has made it free for law students and young professionals certainly have uh, less of a fee structure to deal with. Um, but I know from a personal personal perspective that I'm going to get a lot of help, not only from you, Greg, and Jeff, if he's still uh, Zoom bombing, um, but from <laughs> Linda Seely, from Melissa Buckley, Zaina, um, Brandon Moore, Elizabeth Schwartz. We have got a whole team, Jen Lupo, who's going to be doing great marketing for, for us. So I'm taking it on knowing that I have a great team um, behind uh, you know, this effort. I'm going to just socialize those names one more time for those of you listening in because these are names that you should know in addition to Linda and Aaron. So Linda Seeley, another Linda, Melissa Buckley, Brandon Moore, Zain Ahmad, um, and Liz Schwartz-Hill, in addition to so many others, are heading up the leadership um, in this incoming term. Um, and so just as a quick summation, you know, Aaron and Linda today have talked to us that they're gonna put a spotlight on cooperation, collaboration, facilitation, and experimental and experiential programming. And they do that with you. And so reach out to them, let us know what you wanna be hearing and learning about and how you wanna be dialoguing because it's possible. And now that across the globe, um, we're doing it uh, in virtual, <laughs> there are even less boundaries, but for perhaps time zones, which um, arguably, we're all somehow zipping past in any case. With that, Erin, um, Linda, it has been my sincere pleasure to sit down with you today. Thank you so much for taking out the time. Um, to our listeners, please LinkedIn each of them, find out more about them, utilize their leadership to do exactly what you want with the section and perhaps even to take on more leadership. With that, my name is Reka Rangachari and I'm signing off. Thanks so much, everyone.